Hey everyone, this is Charlie Conlin from Knowing My Nightmares. Uh, I have a special episode today. I'm here with Josh from the YouTube series Haunting Season. Uh, Josh has an excellent uh, dream story for us today that I'm really excited to hear. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? You caught me right as I took a sip of coffee. I thought I had more time. That's fine. Um, So yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about your show or tell the listeners a little bit about your show. Yeah, Haunting Season is something I started back in 2013 as an experiment. A friend of mine and I um, saw that there wasn't much horror on YouTube. And so we decided to let's do something. And I had a story about when I broke into an old age home as a kid um, and, you know, scared the pants off ourselves, me and my friends. And I told that story and it instantly got traction on YouTube. And, and so, I, you know, short after that, quickly ran out of real stories and started making up my own. And uh, I did that for two years on a weekly basis, a, a new story every Friday. And I got super burnt out, went through a bunch of life changes, got a new job, moved across the country. And uh, before I knew it, like six years had gone by and I hadn't posted, but it had always been in my heart and in my mind to get back to the show. And so this past October, I restarted it and have done a little bit of experimenting, but right now it's gotten back to... Uh, being a show about scary stories and whatever I can think up in my mind. Yeah, and that's why I like it too. It's like it's original horror content. And like you said, you got burnt out. And I, I 100% agree with you because it's like w- writing original horror content, especially on a deadline, is um, it is taxing and it is a lot of work. And it really does put a lot on your brain to constantly think of horror stories all the time um i feel like that happened to me as well with my show is um i got burnt out and had to take a step back but um seeing original content like yours on youtube is really nice and um because there's a lot of horror out there and there's like but i find that a lot of it is just um regurgitated maybe or um uh people reading creepypasta off of uh like reddit and stuff which is great and that's really fun too because that's technically original as well but it is really cool that you get to write your stuff and um see it all the way through to the end where you narrate it in front of a camera um perfectly so yeah it's pretty cool yeah i i love creepypasta and i love the idea of uh, the the story that's been told a million times, you know, that that's kind of like the origin of my show is uh, what would it be like to have a digital campfire that we're all sitting around and you, you hear a scary story. And that's why I do it on a black void. So it's almost like it's nighttime anytime you come to the channel and, and can hear a story. Um, and I, I love what I love about horror. And we've discussed this. You, you and I met in a horror writing class a yep, couple of weeks right. ago. And, um, and what we've discussed in there is a lot about how the genre itself is really unique in that it opens us up to deeper conversations about our existence as human beings um, that no other genre really quite nails in the same way. Yeah, um, there's something that Jordan Peele said one time in an interview. Um, I actually read this in Fangoria magazine, but he says that horror, uh, you know, he made the jump from comedy to horror, and it's really cool. But uh, he said that horror is a lot more difficult because it's comedy without a punchline. (laughs) And I was like, I always thought about that. I thought that was pretty cool. That's perfect. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
So, um, Josh and I, uh, Haunting Season and Knowing My Nightmares, this is part of our um, collaboration. Um, I'm going to be doing an original story on Josh's show, and he's going to be reading one today on our sh on uh, Knowing My Nightmares. I'm really excited about this. Um, and then once you're done your story, um, which is uh, inspired by a nightmare that you had, I'll break it down uh, on the dream elements like I have in all of my other episodes, and we can maybe take a step into your own psyche. That's cool. I've always wanted to do something like this. I've been too afraid to like talk to a psychic or or really get like any sort of uh, look into my into my psyche like that. I think I just save it for my own stories. So this is uh, unique and a little scary in itself. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you uh, take it away? All right. My name is Josh, and this is the nightmare I had last night. Scratching. Damn it. Scratching in the walls again. This damn rat is going to be the end of me. I pull my half-asleep arm out of my twisted blankets and check the time. 2.57. Why humans need to sleep, I'll never know. Scratching. Why does the rat always come at night? I'm here all day long, but I never hear it. And then 11 p.m. rolls around and this endless shifting, gnawing, and scratching starts right up. Last night it was under the tub, the night before in the kitchen, and the night previous I heard it under my desk in the back office. It only ever seems to be one, though. This solitary rat must be prepping for a surprise metropolis in the walls for the big rat move into 2021. I roll over, facing the wall where the sound is coming from. The sound of little furniture scuffing the floor of the rodent complex. And I'm half expecting tiny drills and saws to start at any moment. Perhaps as a courtesy to their giant cohabitant, they decided to save heavy construction until I'm out at the grocery store buying food they can't wait for me to throw away. I'm feeding their colony when I suddenly decide the pork chops look a little weird, so I can excuse a delivery from Bubba Burger. Hmm. I could eat Bubba Burger right now. I hate waking up like this. My brain jumps right into mid-morning action. All right, everyone, sudden jolt awake. Let's not waste time here. Frontal lobe, we're going to have some updates for you soon. Get ready to make decisions on work projects, major life goals, what to have for dinner. Okay, buddy, we're leaning towards burgers today. Temporal, what are you feeling today, huh? Anger? Sounds good. Let's brew on that a little bit. Pertuitary, how is that arousal coming? Well, let's work on that, please. This is the middle of the night. Things should be up and running for no apparent reason at all. Okay, pal? I'm a little disappointed I had to remind you. You in the back. Let's get those eyes focused. Looks a little fuzzy out the front. And brainstem, and keep being you, baby. You keep us all up and running. We need you. You're important, okay? Who's next? These are the sorts of things that happen when I awake at an odd hour. But tonight is different. As my brain kicks into full panic over the 257 things I wanted to think about in the morning, the part that controls my hearing and my problem solving realize that the scratching actually isn't coming from the wall. No, this time the sound is bouncing off the wall from, from under the bed. As if startled by my silent reasoning, the sound stops, leaving nothing but the mild ringing of my tinnitus. Moments like this are difficult to track through time, Pauses, true pauses, can sometimes feel like the entire planet has stopped. 
Cars and trucks frozen on the highway, waterfalls silent and still, even the people in the International Space Station floating freely no more, inertia snapping into total stillness the moment the scratching in my room stopped. And so am I, stopped, clinging to my pillow, eyes dilated, staring into the full-length mirror door of my closet, trying to visualize the finer details of what is under my bed in the darkest of dark parts of my room. I try my best not to blink and will my night vision into existence. Maybe all the carrots I eat really do have an effect, or the clouds happen to have uncovered the moon. Regardless, my thoughts were interrupted by the now unmistakable vision of the bony tail wagging between the guitar case and my old tax returns. It hadn't been scratching tonight. Maybe it never had been. Maybe it had always been whatever is attached to that tail. That is a tail, isn't it? Dragging back and forth against the floor with the sound of a pearl necklace. My brain thinks tail because of the movement, but could a snake be that bony? No, wait, do snakes have bones? Not important. Very not important because now there's wheezing. Thick, long, horrible breaths like purring. Not cat purring, but thick, mucus purring like when Aunt Mariel got pneumonia and kept the whole house awake that night before she drowned in her own fluids. That deep, sick purring coming from the one gross kid on the playground when you show up to your nephew's fourth birthday party and all you wanted was a little bit of cake, but this bubble-nosed snot kid is touching all the forks. The kind of purring that's borderline unbearable in normal situations, but debilitating when it's coming from under your own bed. The tail stops wagging and slips into the deep black, with the sound of knees and elbows shuffling on the wooden floor. I wonder if whatever that is might come up the back of my bed, but the sound of the vibrating breath quickening keeps my senses focused. The thing didn't travel, just repositioned rotated. It somehow knew I saw it, or maybe that was part of the plan all along, like an anglerfish dangling something small, trying to lure me into the mouth of a much larger beast. That theory dissipates as the eyes flash back at me from where the tail had been, two green holograms catching the moon at just the right angle. The purring stops. Our eyes meet, and so does our stillness. I think about talking gently the way you would with a scared, trapped animal, but the grin. A mouth, human in form, but wider, filled with canines like somebody won the Oops All Marshmallows Lucky Charms competition for teeth. These aren't lettuce teeth. These were made for shredding flesh. You're gonna want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. The childlike voice sings from the shadows. You're gonna want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. What are you? Heavy purring wheezes from the throat of the creature, elbows and knees knocking on the floor as it army crawls out from the dark underbelly of my bed. Rising to all fours, it shakes violently with the sound of crust-covered ears slapping its neck. Flesh clung tight to bone. No muscle tissue at all, a rib cage, knuckly tail, little tiny flightless wings like leather stretching on their own way up high on its spine. 
and a concave lack of belly. Maybe its teeth aren't for flesh either, but for souls. It turns to look at me with eyes bulging in the tightly stretched skin over a humanesque skull, and that mouth, that lipless, gaping, oozing mouth, this is a demon dog from hell. You gotta want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. Talons gripping the floorboard, it reaches to meet me face to face with a grin like a tooth-filled wound and a deep, long purr. He's not going to wait. Its eyes are twice the size of mine on its little round face like fat black horse eyes forced into the skull of a human. Let's go. I pull my sheets up in a childlike wish that this would all go away, that the covers would protect me, but a long nail slits them open to reveal that grinning thing again. Stupid. I wince, throwing up my hands in defense as the claw comes shooting down, puncturing my palm, hooking through and out of my wrist. Hot blood running down my arm and drizzling my chest. You're gonna want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. That's when it begins to pull. The pain shooting through my body like electricity. Impossible to fight. I drop out of bed and crawl alongside the beast like a marionette on my elbows and knees, trying to anticipate the movement in an attempt to ease some of the pain. You're gonna want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. You're gonna want the lights on when you meet the Ono Man. No. Oh no, please. Leave me alone. Out the bedroom door, leaking blood in puddles on the hallway runner, it drags me into the bathroom where my nose is kicked in by a hot smell of sulfur. The dog man tosses me inside into a, a pile of sleepy bloody self on the floor and closing the door behind it leaps up on the toilet for a better view. Boiling, thick, steaming sounds are coming from the sink. The soft glow of the basin creating a fuzzy wall of orange on the fogged mirror. A pop and something black shoots into the air and lands next to my good hand with a spat and sizzles into the floor cooling into a hard black rock creature is purring again, purring with excitement. I can't lay on the floor forever. I hold my wounded hand close and and push up with my other, slowly standing to where I can see hot magma boiling in the sink, boiling and, and growing. Something's coming out of it, round like a ball, rising, steadily rising, charred black with orange cracks still rising as the lava pours down and slows from the cool air of the bathroom. A man's head begins to form and and, and then shoulders rising, towering over me. The heat from the growing body singeing my eyelashes, mutating them into smelly curls that poke my eyeballs. My skin could melt at any moment. Waist down, still in the gurgling lava, the man pulls his hands free, resting them on the edge of the sink, and leans his dark, glowing face towards mine, opening his beautiful human eyes, ice blue set on white, clean, perfect, filled with emotions and feelings. 
Right sign, the creature announces. Oh no! I cry out, but it's too late. The room is filled with blinding light as the Ono Man lifts his hands and grips the side of my head, instantly penetrating my skin and bone and setting my brain on fire. First there's white, then there's green, then patterns, millions of patterns swarming, swirling, fast, a lightning bolt expressway through space and time, instant transcendence into the highest level of being, or not being. Fractals. Endless fractals and impossible colors morphing into faces. Souls reaching, begging, help. They need help, but they aren't crying out. They're, they're frozen, melted into the rocky walls that I'm now falling down. Down, faster, gaining momentum, reaching hands, screaming faces, blurring into a gray wall of ash, almost solid before slowing down, slowing as we approach the ground, slowing to see the thousands of petrified people now reaching down towards something, one thing, a a statue, a body, my body, my solidified soul standing at the bottom of this human well, centered, glowing, hot orange, hands on temples, mouth agape in a painful, helpless cry, and I watch as the glow subsides and my body turns to stone and the whole room goes dark. Black. Blacker than black. Fading to nothingness. Until I realize that my eyes are closed and the sheets are over my head The fan in the window is off, and the room is far too hot. My arm is asleep under my snoring dog. Or is that purring? Wow. Just completely incredible. (laughs) Super (laughs) creepy. Loved it. Thanks. So, do you dream like this often? Um, I, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> um, most of my dreams that I remember are so scary. And I, like the other day, had a good dream. And I couldn't stop talking about it because it's so rare. Um, my wife couldn't get me to shut up because usually I'm like, oh, I had this scary dream and there was like this alien and, and I was pushing this giant cube of butter down this church and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the good dream, I was like, and, and then we got ice cream and it was so good and it didn't even bother my stomach. And it's just like, oh, God, this is a long dream. But I remembered every detail because I was so excited. Right. I wonder if... Um you have more nightmares because you surround yourself uh, with horror stories so often and it's just kind of something that your body naturally does. Um, a lot of dreams uh, are deal with that we see are information that our subconscious is processing from days or days prior to sleeping. Sometimes even like months and years. Um, but that's kind of like deep-rooted stuff. Like, for example, a great example that I like to say is if you, let's say you you were at work and 
you said something to an employee or a fellow employee coworker, and you were just kind of like later like oh god why did i say that it was so stupid mm-hmm. like damn and then you forget about it so you're just like whatever day goes on but your brain three days later have uh, a nightmare where your teeth are falling out and um teeth falling out can mean stress that's one of the things but it can also mean that you regret saying something that you've said so yeah you forgot about it but you didn't really forget about it so it's interesting yeah 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 and i've i've heard too that um dreaming is like the brain kind of trying to wipe things clean getting rid of details you don't need like the, um the famous story of uh you go to the grocery store and there's a woman in a red dress and you don't even see her you don't even remember um but then like a week later you have a dream about a woman in a red dress and you have no idea why and if you wake up and remember it it's because your brain messed up kind of erasing those useless details you don't need i i'm gonna put my wife on the spot here but uh she has really interesting dreams they're not interesting is actually is actually more accurate they're very uninteresting <laughs> but um i think it's funny because in a dream or in like uh the astral world you can make up anything you can explore anything but every dream she has is almost specifically her getting the wrong order at a fast food restaurant oh my gosh <laughs> or that's a nightmare that's a nightmare. So she'll be at like a Taco Bell and she'll order a pop and they're like, sorry, our pop machine's broken. And her dream's like, oh, well, and then that's it. <laughs> I'm so, jealous. And I'm like, me, are you drinking enough water? <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of this, um, this story that you've written um, based off of the dream that you had of the Ono Man, which, all, all, by the way, is a great, great name. I've got some, I'm going to go through some of my dream analysis on what some of the core elements of this story in your dream um, mean. So right off the bat, I'm just going to say that everything that I'm saying is uh, completely up to you. So when you're dealing with dream analysis, it, you have to be com- totally honest with, your, with yourself. Like you can't be kidding about yourself or else it won't work. But mm. at the same time, I... Um, compare dream analysis to fortune telling where you can go into a fortune teller and they're like you're having problems in your relationship and you're not having problems in your relationship but because they said that you're like i guess i'm having problems in my relationship and Uh you kind of find it so okay it's kind of like that but you that's something that you want to avoid so for example If you're having a dream about, like I said, your teeth falling out and you're just like, I don't regret anything, then it's probably (laughs) your, then your subconscious is like, but actually you do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I regret everything. I regret every choice I make. (laughs) Constant state of regret. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just kind of a precursor. It really, all of these dream thing, all of these dream definitions that I'm going to say really does come down to if you agree with it or not. Okay. So the first one is the rats, the rats on the walls, which is great. I think that is something that is quintessentially scary. So a symbol of a rat can mean fear and anxiety. Additionally, it can be a disease or devious part of your situation in your waking life. So there's something in your life that you could feel that is like almost poisonous or that's giving you anxiety. It could also mean that you're feeling disloyalty from a friend or a colleague. The rat can also symbolize that you feel time is gnawing away at your life. 
Ooh, yeah. Oh, that last one. I yeah. thought that last one because, I mean, knowing what it's like to put on a show on YouTube or a YouTube, uh, podcast series, it really is uh, not enough time. Yeah, there, so there's that. I'm back to writing a story a week, um, which as like a twenty early 20-something back in 2013 was... Um, Okay. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I just, I write it stream of consciousness. I record it. I put it out into the world and some 13 year old in, in like New Zealand is like, you are God, your stories <laughs> are amazing, you know? And like, that's fine. But as like a 35 year old, I want to do better, you know, like I'm at the point in my life where I want to be doing great work and, I agree. um, having a week to write, I give myself a week to write and then a week to revise while I'm starting to write the next story. Um, that even feels breakneck. And then on top of that, I have a full-time job as a creative director at a production company. Um, typically when it's not a pandemic, I travel about 200 days out of the year. Um, and I'm now looking in the face of that on the horizon. Uh, I just got my second vaccine. My first trip is going to be May 19th. And uh, I see this tidal wave on the horizon of work coming at me where I'm going to have to find a way to to keep this show going while having a whole nother life. And not to mention I'm married and have two wonderful dogs. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is um, something that I've always struggled with was balancing work while having a meaningful relationship um, with like my wife. And because when I first started my podcast, it was, it was pretty much just, I had become a workaholic and it was destroying every other aspect, which is why I took a step back, figured it out a little bit more. And I'm a lot more confident about it now, but it did take a lot of time. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time to realize and, and a lot of experience and a lot of failure to realize that, um, nothing is worth, uh, destroying your downtime. No. You know, like it is so important to get significant amounts of sleep, to spend significant amounts of time with people you love and care about, and then also figure out a way to do the work. That should be the stressful part. Right. So the next element in your dream, um, obviously, is the monster that's been living under your bed. But first, before talking about that, you see it through the mirror in the story, which I think is really cool. And I like the way that you describe the teeth also in the story. It's very funny. <laughs> but um, the mirror could be something that's bothering you right now. Uh, to see yourself says that it could be a, uh, a descent among your friends. To see others in a mirror like the demon, it could mean that there's dishonesty among associates. So this kind of goes back to the rat situation where uh, you're feeling maybe disloyal to your colleagues. Like I don't that that's it, there's just a little bit of a similarity there. Um, however, uh, this monster could be, and this is what I'm, my opinion is, the monster could be a reflection of your own subconscious coming to light. So I find when monsters come out in dreams, it's usually uh, a buildup of something that's that has manifested. So like if you're seeing the Loch Ness monster uh, and you have a crippling fear of water, that could mean that that monster has come out of your subconscious now because that crippling fear of water is now like encroaching on your life and mm. maybe your subconscious is putting it plainly out there for you. The, but what you see is you don't see yourself. You don't see somebody else. You see a literal monster. Mm -hmm. So first the bed is considered a safe place in a dream. 
Um, sleeping your bed is uh, can denote security and restoration of your mind. It could mean that if you're waking up in your bed and there's something under your bed, it could mean that your restoration and your safety is compromised hmm. um, in your waking life. So a monster under your bed could signify old friends or partners. You may be holding back and negative feelings about them that you need to let out. Additionally, it could be a clue that there are annoyances in your life as well. Like the rat under your bed, gnawing, gnawing, gnawing could be like something in your life. That's an annoyance. Hmm. All of these things combined could be that strong monster manifestation coming out in the end. Cool. I um, Some of this rings true. Some of it I'm not sure about, and that might just be my own uh, blanket of guilt uh, obscuring <laughs> my view into my self-conscious. Um, but, uh, hmm, the... A lot of dream uh, analysis has to do with things you did in the past. Like the majority of it is just like about regret or about things from your childhood that are still there gnawing at you or things like that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right happening in your life right at this moment. It could, but sure. it could also just mean that it's something from your past that you're just like still thinking about subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. So so two things that come to mind. One One is more present, which is... Um, at work, I've been given the space. So my, my company is the one that uh, helped me reboot Haunting Season this past October. And so they're giving me space to work on this during work hours. And uh, there definitely is a level of like, um, I don't know if you use the word like abandonment or like mistrust or, or whatever, but like there is this like uh, guilt that I have that's like, well, I'm getting to do something really fun and cool and I'm supposed to be carving time out for it, but I feel guilty because it's really fun and cool. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. So that's that's one more, more current thing. And then um, I think some of what the monster might be or, or the scratching or the coming out from under the bed. Uh, my grandfather passed away during COVID from oh, uh, sorry. congestive heart failure. And, um, and uh, yeah, I had to go to his funeral on zoom, <laughs> you know, cause he's out in, in long Island and that was really weird. And my dad has been spending a lot of time with his mom, who's my last surviving grandparent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's in her late 80s. Uh, she's going to be turning. Oh, no, she might have just turned 90 like the other week. Um, wow. So, you know, she's like she's pretty old and she's really cool. And uh, I'm just like, you know, watching the dates go by, uh, getting my vaccines and, and like hoping that I get to see her. Um, you know, because it's been as, as like a young professional who was drawn out to L.A., um, you know, you kind of are forced to leave your family behind and work this really, really busy life. And there's there's, I think, elements of that that weigh on you uh, every day um, because it's like, well, you know, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be in Africa at this time and I'm going to be in India at that time. And then uh, I'll be back in the States. But I have to see my wife and, you know, Christmas is going to be complicated. And you right. know, my brother's got a wife now. So yeah, that so, could, it could literally just be a scheduling thing. Like if you just have a lot in your life, it, these could all be the same things coming out in this story, mm -hmm. um, which I mean is stressful and con like, I mean the worst craziest dreams and um, that, that I've ever had was during the most stressful time in my life, as well as um, the copious amount of sleep paralysis I uh, dealt with during that time as well. 
But um, the next, so your your monster in the story. I love the way that you describe this monster with the talon feet and the wings. But the the horse, the horse eyes, I love that. It's so scary because I know exactly. It's like a doll's eyes, black like a doll's eyes. Yeah, glazy <laughs> and yeah. like somehow just like deeper. Like there's no. It's it's weird because you don't really see the movement because you don't see the whites of their eyes so much. But there still is like a lot of life in them. Right. So um, I would, I kind of like, when doing the dream analysis, I'm going over all my dictionaries and looking everything, um, and I kind of just summarized it as a demon. So if you're possessed or attacked by a demon, it d- indicates helplessness in your waking life. And that kind of goes about what you were just talking about with scheduling and um, doing, juggling everything in your life and things like that, which makes sense. Um, and alternatively, the demon may represent a past secret that is still haunting you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty open guy. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always said that I think lying and uh, uh, like lying, which I, I count secrets as um, lying is just such a waste of time because it eventually comes out and then you got to deal with it. And that is so much time wasted because you yeah. got to explain and you got to like figure out why you lied. And I think the last lie I told was um, when my dog was a puppy, uh, the rule was don't let him jump off the bed because he could break his ankle or something. And mm-hmm. I turned my back and he jumped off the bed and he started screaming <laughs> and limping around the house. And my wife came running in and I picked him up and she's like, what happened? And I said, I don't know. He just started doing this. <laughs> And then I, would, I immediately was like, I, I just lied to you. I am so sorry. I don't know why I lied. And then I burst into tears. <laughs> I I do have to say, though, when puppies get hurt, they really laid on thick. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I mean, so do I. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> so uh, additional to the demon, I would also categorize it as a shadow person, which is very common in dreams, common in sleep paralysis. A shadow person is basically like... It's interesting because uh, there's I could go on and on about shadow people, but I'll I'll just summarize it really quick. Uh, a shadow person is um, an image that usually uh, comes out when you have sleep paralysis. It's like a hallucination of a person standing in a room that is um, just a figure of a shadow with a top hat or like a like a fedora. Mm. And what's crazy about this is that people throughout history have seen these shadow people, but not knowing about what they were previously. And it's basically like your brain's default person. It's why um, it's also the same reason why um, when you have hallucinations or you have dreams with people that uh, monsters or people in the dreams, their faces are all messed up. It's because your brain actually has a really hard time constructing faces. Hmm. And it's usually the same for all people, like mouths agape, eyes drooping, things like that. That's actually your brain just attempting to create a face. You know, now that I think about it, like I always, when I'm describing one of my nightmares, I'll be like, my dad was there, but he wasn't my dad, but I know he was my dad. Um, and I don't think I see faces in my dreams. I think I only feel like people's presence, presence and, or, and then yeah. they have a physicality that's like, yeah, maybe like, I don't know. Neck down, shoulders, wrist. Or, yeah. Um, so a shadow person in a dream, it denotes an enemy, which I think from your story is very clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... To see a shadow figure in your dream uh, represents characteristics which you have not acknowledged or incorporated into your personal life. 
which I don't really know what that means, to be honest. Like, um, the only way I could think about it would be like, that guy has a really cool thing that he does. I wish I did that thing. Uh-huh. And then well, you're like, it's like envy almost. Yeah. And that's normal. I, I talk a lot about, um, social media and how like we're all wearing masks all the time now mm-hmm. um, because it's the the mask of like who I project myself to be. I have a TikTok and I am very very hyperactive on there and I am, uh, people who know me at work know that I am like this chill laid back dude um, takes a long time to think uh, sometimes and um, if I get into an argument, we lose because I'm spending so much time thinking about what I want to say. But on TikTok, it's boom, 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 boom. Um, oh, yeah. All you in know. your face. Yeah, yeah. And it's rapid fire and, and hyperactive and energetic. And, and I like being that person, um, but for small bursts. Mm, yeah, like TikTok bursts. Yeah. <laughs> so this next um, dream definition is actually great. And I think that it's pretty universal for everybody. Um, it's being attacked, which obviously happens in your story with the hooking of the hand, which was great. Uh, very creepy. So if you're being in a tr- attacked in a dream, it suggests that you're being threatened in some way, uh, maybe by a person or maybe by yourself. And I think that's interesting because a lot like for me, um, I definitely feel that uh, I'm attacked in dreams all the time. And I'm in my waking life, I would say that I'm attacking myself through self-doubt in something mm. like that. Yeah, again, that, that definitely links into like restarting this channel back up after six years and not doing it. You know, it's funny because this is the first time I've been attacked in my dreams in uh, a really long time. Mostly what I dream about these days are being in... Um, like a giant spiral staircase uh, with a huge gap in the middle and no railing um, that goes up like 20 stories or being inside of an elevator that slowly starts to like tip and there's no wall, you know, stuff oh, like that. that. Yeah. That's super creepy. So um, if you're attacked by a shadow figure, um, it could depict uh, fear and pain associated with your past. Like I said, a lot of these dream analysis have to do with the past but doesn't necessarily mean like the recent past Mm -hmm. um then you were in the bathroom so being in a bathroom actually uh can be a good thing you know it could mean cleanliness it could mean putrefaction and self-renewal and that you were like cleansing yourself but in this bathroom in this case a demon was looking down on you which means that these subconscious problems are above you and and if the sink is overflowing, it could be an overflowing of emotions. And in this case, it was red hot lava. So it could come almost like at a boiling point. But what's interesting about this scene was that the, this devil-like creature um, and a devil coming out of the sink and uh, a devil in a dream can mean temptation uh, to see, in this case, the beautiful light that you saw. Or temptation in in general. What's interesting about um, like I said that the the lava coming out is like a boiling point of emotions, and this devil coming out. But I think that it's interesting that you're the devil in this case is almost showing you these problems so that you know that you're aware of them, which is great. That being said, your face is burned off, 
which, <laughs> which yeah, my great. brain is set on fire. <laughs> brain is set on fire, so it could be bad. But um, the part in this story when you talk about the eyelids curdling back makes me so squeamish. It's great. I, f- I love it. <laughs> I know where that one comes from. My brother always had really long eyelashes, and one birthday, uh, leaning oh, over God. the birthday cake, they singed. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely some union um, past trauma coming back at you later in life. The devil can also uh, make you feel that you regret something again and that you have a guilty conscience, you know, like like almost like a sin or something in this case. I can really only describe this as like either another devil or another demon or a devil. And uh, it, you did it great where it just kind of like births right out of the lava. It's awesome. It could also be a representation that someone you uh, that someone's trying to hurt you physically or mentally, and it's a warning from your subconscious. So I also have one here for burning alive. Uh, it may suggest that you need to take a time for yourself and relax. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> perhaps you are feeling burned out. <laughs> That's actually great. So that's actually something cool about dream analysis is a lot of things are um, puns. So when you see, um, it's kind of like the the best way to explain it is like in uh, office space. Uh, So in a dream, if you're like playing hopscotch, you could be jumping to conclusions. Uh So something like that, or um, in this case, burning means that you feel burned out. Um, the other, there was another one here at the very at the very beginning. Uh, a rat chewing at your walls is feeling that you're gnawing away at time. So it's like there's a lot of puns and things like that in these types of dream analysis. Analysi. Cool. Um, the next part where you see the crazy colors, which which is great and it's awesome because it's kind of like so beautiful and great, and then you're just plummeted into hell, which is horrifying because it's kind of like the last time you see beauty until that you're just in the pits so to dream of hell um to dream of hell suggests that you are suffering from a seemingly inescapable situation Hmm. so that's basically it in summary i think that you may be feeling uh like you don't have enough time to be doing what you're doing there might be some things in your past that are still haunting you But what's interesting about this is that uh, there are a lot of indications that you are completely aware of these resolutions and that there's like there's like uh, that you can see a like that you can see a resolution in the uh, future is what I mean. One last thing I want to say is uh, about all of these. I got a real Cenobite vibe from these creatures. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because I've uh, only just started to discover Clive Barker. Um, I had never seen Hellraiser growing up. I just was like terrified of the the main guy. Um, and I recently watched that and then immediately watched Hellraiser 2 and then have been diving into a bunch of his other films. Clyde uh, Barker is incredible. Um, he, he's, he's very gory, very sexual, but what your, this, this ending to your story has great Clyde Barker feels because the devil comes out like the Cenobite thing 
and it grabs your face and you see these beautiful colors and then you're in hell. Which is really cool about that is Clive Barker's entire, his whole shtick is that the thin line between pain and pleasure. Mm. And that's whole, and that, I got real vibes of that where it's like um, almost beautiful and then regret. <laughs> uh, I, I take that as the huge compliment that it is. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed this dream horror nightmare story. It was awesome. At first, I was afraid this would kind of throw a little bit of a wrench in things, but it actually doesn't because so much of what you've said has resonated and we've been able to discover like the truth behind all these things. But a few a few truths about this story are, um, one, uh, I'm currently dealing with rats in my walls. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and two, um, I uh, have been getting really hot at night. And three... Um, I, on my show, one of the first few people I interviewed when I was doing uh, like a podcast version of the show was Nuzo Ono. And I almost changed the name of the Ono man because I, I was like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, use her name. Um, but then I decided to keep it in because it, it was more interesting than like No No Man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a little more uh, not, not as childish. And also she's a, an incredible horror writer. Right. And I learned so much just from the hour of speaking to her. So like, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take my connection to her and like immortalize her into this like horrible creature. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So that's basically all of the um, dream analysis. I don't know how that resonates with you and how it feels about, like how you feel about it. Like I said, it, um, not, it doesn't, none of it is set in stone and it is all up to you. That's just what the dictionaries say. So you can just be like, oh, this guy's crazy. Or, um, yeah, that does resonate. No, actually, I feel quite the opposite. I think this is one of the uh, most interesting podcasts I've ever been on. um, Because it was... It was, I got a chance to express myself creatively um, and and then also got a chance to like really reflect on things. And that's the part of horror that I truly love is that it opens up conversations that we don't normally have about life, death, the afterlife, but also like our traumas in life, whether they be like losses of, of people we love or um, just like the trauma of being a human being on a daily basis. Uh, so this was really cool. I'm really grateful that you had me on the show. Uh, thanks. It, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Um, I find that when I'm writing horror um, and I'm thinking about the world and people are like, how could you write such horrible things if the world is so bad? And I'm like, because it's not as bad as my horror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like you're not getting your face burned off by a sink monster um, and you're not trapped in a dream or something but I really enjoyed this story I love your um, YouTube channel um, so if anybody wants to go check out Josh's channel it's on YouTube called Haunting Season um, it's really great um, there's lots of uh, like original content there uh, Josh did you want to say anything about that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you get a taste for my style of storytelling here. Um, I like to use music and sound effects and create these 360 degree soundscapes that sometimes feel like something's behind you or, uh, you know, I like to say they're best listened to in the dark with headphones. So uh, if you're into that sort of thing, which I think you are if you're a listener to this podcast, because we get very similar vibes, Charlie. Um, but sure. yeah, come check out my show on YouTube. Uh, and I've got a TikTok as well that talks about uh how a lot of these themes translate into folklore urban legends and um movies that we all love that yeah and that's something that's actually great um that's a really great point i love i feel a lot of what i try to do with my show and i think that you may feel the same way about your show is um these stories are like new folk folklore Mm -hmm. which i think is really great i i spent a lot of time reading um brothers Grimm stories and in a nutshell, they suck. <laughs> they're they're so bad um, to today's standards, and they. But there's a lot of messages in those stories, and I think that updating those same story arche- archetypes in new relatable content, like your show on uh, your show Haunting Season, is important because um, Brothers Grimm and old stories like that they just don't they just don't relate anymore. Mm. So. Yeah, um, it was really great having you on the show. Um, I'll be having, I'll be doing an episode with you as well on your show, where I'll be reading an original story for you. Uh, just kind of like a trade-off uh, that we're doing. It's it's pretty. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I can't wait to see what you come up with. I, I've gotten a little taste of. Um, oh, what's the creature called? The Panalangan. Panangalan. Sorry. Panangalan. <laughs> Penangalan. It did take me a while. Um, I did have to Google uh, speak it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't know what that is, don't look anything up and just be surprised by Charlie's episode on my show because it's uh, it's going to be freaky. Yeah, and you'll be able to see uh, my beautiful mug and all the hair I have gained during quarantine on my face and hair. Yes, hairy <laughs> guys for the win. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, Josh, for coming on the show. This was a blast. Um, hopefully we can do maybe something again in the future. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, next time I have a nightmare, I know who I'm calling. All right, thanks.